It's the next level. So, when you say turn the key, you mean like a key key? That was a, a fail-safe key. That seems kind of convenient. I'm sorry? I'm just saying, if you had this magic key the whole time, why didn't you, like, use it? I didn't know what would happen. So what did happen? Well, the fail-safe key must have detonated the electromagnetic anomaly, made the hatch implode. But you didn't implode? So is that what made the, the blender noise and the sky turn purple? Yeah, I'm afraid I missed that, brother. Right, you were fail-saving. Well, FYI, the whole island vibrated. And Kate and Jag and Sawyer saw it too right before they had bags pulled over their heads. Don't worry. Locke's gonna go after them. He said so in his speech. What? What speech? All he said he was gonna save Echo and kill bears. Right. Right, of course. I'm, I'm sorry, I... Just a, a bit shook up. Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, as we continue our journey into the third series of, third season of the series. Wow. (laughs) Good job, Kristen. Way to go. I'm Kristen. And I'm Ben. (laughs) Uh, This week, not only did I get our script right in having the names in the proper places, but we also dive deeper into season three, this time with episode three, Further Instructions. My further instructions is learn how to speak well. <laughs> You're doing fine. It's 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 fine. We're we're a little behind on behind schedule this week, but um, it's probably for good reason because if we were on time, we'd be screwing up even more. And we're only not even a minute into the podcast. Yeah. See, we were just holding off the screw up until right now. <laughs> exactly. It would, it would, it's less less screw ups now that we've we've given it a little time. Right. 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 I don't know what the hell we're talking about. It doesn't matter. We've already derailed and we're not even a minute in. That's fine. <laughs> it happens. That's fine. Well, as Ben said, we are in season three, episode three uh, for today's episode. This is um, a spoiler full podcast. So we are all speaking whenever whenever you hear us, we were speaking with the thought that you have seen the series, we have seen the series, so anything and everything is on the table. If you haven't seen the series, every once in a while, if there's a really big spoiler we're going to talk about, we'll preface it with, hey, I'm going to say something that's a massive spoiler so that if you want to like fast forward like 10 seconds, you can or whatever. So yeah, yeah, we've been we've been Getting in the habit of doing that. I don't think we did that in the very beginning of the podcast. We would just jump right into the spoiler. Yeah, but now, well, now it's getting tricky because the story is more complicated and it we have questions about stuff that we may have forgotten. Um, and also with, with that in mind, if we have forgotten something or you have figured out something cool, please let us know. Like, we would love to hear it. We would love to hear where we're wrong if we're wrong about, um, not about our opinion because our opinion is always correct, but if we're wrong about something that happens in the show, 
let us know. Absolutely. Uh, And on that note, a couple things. First off, I want to thank all of the listeners because I told you this earlier in the week. Uh, I want to thank all the listeners for making last week's episode, episode two of season three, which was our 41st episode of this podcast. Uh, Not only the most listened to podcast for this podcast, most listened to episode for this podcast, but I don't know how. It became the most listened to podcast of most listened to episode of any podcast on the whole podcast network. Oh, cool. So thank you for the listeners for that. And we we have a lot of great feedback this week, which is great. Keep that feedback coming. We'll tell you ways you can get that to us. Uh, towards the end of the episode. But as you mentioned, if if there's something we're wrong about or there's something we're mistaken on uh, reaching out to us, I had a number of people reach out to us and tell us that w- when we were questioning what it was Kate and Sawyer were building, uh, they're building the runway that comes into play later towards the end of the season. Oh! The end of the series. So yeah, I I completely forgot about that runway. Oh, that's that's awesome because I well I and I was going to mention this earlier is that I forgot about this episode. Like I did a little bit I, too. <laughs> I was watching it and I'm like, oh yeah, lock in the sweat lodge. Like I forget why he's in there, but I remember the sweat lodge. And then after that, I said. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. Like, <laughs> like every minute of the episode, I'm sitting there going, I honestly have no idea where this is headed. I can tell, I can say with 100% satisfaction, I don't know where this is headed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I was the same way too. I'm like, wait, there's a polar bear? Like, I- okay. Yeah, I completely forgot about this episode too. And, um, but it was fun. I mean, it was a fun episode to get into again, especially having that non-recollection of everything, you know, as as we're watching through it. Before we get into the episode, I want to uh, read a piece of feedback real sure. quick. Uh, this is pertaining to the show Lost as a whole, not this particular episode, which is why I'm reading it now. Uh, and this comes from our friend Leda, who actually gave me the correct pronunciation of her name because we were a little curious of it last week. Uh, and she she writes, she says, Ben, in many episodes, you mentioned that people were disappointed with this show because they felt the writers didn't know where they were going, which I've expressed a number of times. Uh, I am one of those people. However, I came to the conclusion when the show ended. Uh, however, I came to that conclusion when the show ended. Here are the reasons why. One, it was still appointment television. You had to wait for each episode weekly, and then there was the hiatus due to the writer's strike with no streaming and binge watching. I would forget the little nuances of previous episodes. Two, I had seen an interview about the show where they detailed the rush the writers had to be on to get the script into the showrunner's hands, from writing room to airport to the location of the episode shoot. It might have been during the writer's strike because I was starved for some lost action, weren't we all? Uh, Had me thinking at the time, boy, they are under pressure. Three. I was all in on figuring things out and looking for clues. Discussions would lead into many different paths, but the overall one was that maybe they were all dead. Oh, what great discussions they were. When did they die? All at once. Did we know which episode they may have died? Uh, apart from those that actually died during the run of the show. Then we hear that the showrunners themselves said that they are definitely not dead. Great. So now I paid closer attention to the characters and their development and story arcs. I enjoyed the show so much right up until we found out that they were all dead. Oh, God. (laughs) Wait till we get to that episode. 
I'm going to school everybody. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> it was like going from Don't 100- worry, everybody. I'll keep them in check. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, it was like going from 100 to zero. I was winded, exhausted, and too upset to try and figure it out. It has taken me nine years, 70 days, and 12 hours to get a second opinion. Thanks, guys. Oh, and my name is pronounced Leda. Great podcast. Yeah, Jack is the worst. And then in parentheses, I may be changing my mind, though. <laughs> uh, so Jack, thanks, Leda. Jack yeah. starts to get better. He does. I, I mean, we all say it. We all know it. We all know that he starts to get better. But he is awful. <laughs> it's and, like and and the only reason why I ever started that was because for anybody that's ever seen the Zach Morris's trash <laughs> videos that they made. There should be a video series where Jack Jack Shepard is garbage. Right, because it, it made me think of like kind of hindsight and how when we watch watch something the first time and we're like, oh, Zach Morris, Mark Paul Gossler, we love him. Oh my gosh, you know? And then you watch it when you're older and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is the worst. <laughs> so I I had a similar experience when, you know, rewatching um, the first season of Lost for the podcast because, you know, I'm looking a little deeper than I usually have in the past. And I just start to come to the realization that Jack and Zach Morris are very similar in the fact that, you know, <laughs> how I once felt about them is different now. Anyways, so that's how where hindsight, that came how from. hindsight makes them a completely different person. Yes, yes. So, and I know there are people out there that disagree with us and that's oh, yeah. fine. Like you, you're more than welcome to yeah, your yeah, opinions. Yeah. And, you know, and again, I'm having fun with it. I-, <laughs> I am too. And I just like the fact that when we get comments on the Facebook page and such, a lot of times uh, they're followed up with hashtag Jack is the worst. <laughs> so uh, apparently you've started a trend when it comes to this <laughs> podcast and I love it. Uh, I wish I, I was it. still on Facebook. I could see, but I'm not. So that's yeah, okay. But I, I love it because we get emails and, and comments on Facebook now that are hashtag Jack is the worst. And it's great. <laughs> it's wonderful that that's starting to take effect. <laughs> We're sorry, Matthew Fox. We still love you as an actor. Mm-hmm. Party so. five. Whoop, whoop. But uh, yeah, let's talk about this episode. Okay. Sounds good. So, I'm going to lead this, though, if you don't mind. No, go for it. Um, <laughs> I, I know usually it's whoever's hosting turns it over to the other person. Yeah, so that's you, you, buddy. Yeah, but I thought you I thought you just said you wanted to lead it. Or did you mean no, you no, want no. to lead the discussion to yeah, man. turn it over to me first? Yeah, man. Gotcha. Oh, man. Okay. Well, in that case, where do we start? Because I thought this was an episode I didn't think I was going to have a lot of notes on because there's a lot of things that happen. But I actually want to start with something uh, that we discussed a little bit last week. We had initially started, we found out in reviewing last week's episode that this episode, uh, further instructions was actually supposed to be episode two. And last week was supposed to be episode three, but in the the schedule, they reverse things. And I know we said we were going to try and keep that in mind as we were watching to see if we could find a reason for that. And there actually is something in this episode that is strongly comparable to last week's episode. And I don't know if you picked up on it. Uh, Throughout the episode, we meet uh, a character, Eddie, who we find out more about. He was originally a hitchhiker that John picked up in his flashback because this is a a very uh, John Locke flashback episode. 
And we later find out throughout the course of the episode that he is an undercover agent trying to, um, you know, infiltrate this marijuana farm and they're using John for it. Uh, there's a moment in the woods where John is pointing the gun at Eddie. And this is very comparable to Son and Charlotte last week. Because this, the, they're very identical situations where one is pointing the gun at another and the person who's having the gun pointed them is saying, you're not going to kill me because you're a good person. Mm -hmm. They're both being tested in this moment. The only difference is son pulls the trigger. John doesn't. So it, it's there. I'm wondering if maybe that is a reason why they swapped these episodes because they wanted to have sons have a maybe they would feel like sons wouldn't have had as big of an impact if john was the first one to 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 to, to not pull the trigger i don't know huh do that's interesting that? that you say that just because i think that if they had reversed it and we saw the big scene because i think that the scene with john and eddie was a, a bit of a bigger scene than um son and uh, Charlie, Colette, and Colleen, Colleen. Oh, it's Colleen. I said Charlotte. It's uh, it's yeah, it's Colleen. Yeah. So sorry. No, it's okay. So I think that if we got the Locke and Eddie scene first, and we saw you're a good person, you're not going to shoot me, and then Locke doesn't shoot me, and then the very next week we get you're a good person, you're not going to kill me, and then Son's like bang, you're like what? So I think that that maybe would have either even been bigger i didn't even put those two together though that's a really great um anal uh, similarity between the two between the two so yeah i don't know i think i think taking a break from what was going on over in the hydra station would have been nice if they had had further instructions been episode two and um Glass Ballerina been episode three, just to break it up a little bit. But, you know, I, I understand also that, you know, the, the first two episodes, they are linked very well to each other. And I know that Lost likes to make sure that the first two and the last two episodes are kind of like um, a pairing. So I can see how that decision could be made as far as that goes. But it would have been nice to get all of the cast involved in the first two weeks of the season instead of waiting for the third week to see what happened to Locke, what happened to Echo, what happened to Desmond, um, what happened after Charlie and Claire's kiss even for the romantics that are watching the show. So, you know, it that while that would have been really nice, I can see why the two episodes, the first two episodes were coupled. What do you, what do you think? No, I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I think it, it I think you're right. I think the flow of the episodes after watching all three of these definitely worked better the way it aired. Uh, but do you think the impact would have been greater had they reversed the episodes and further instructions was still number two? Or do you think it would have just been that moment would have been really the only thing impacted? Maybe it were having a greater impact. <sighs> Which, I mean, after watching all three episodes or at least these two episodes, which way do you think it would have played out better? The way it, the way they aired it or had it been reversed? No, I, I think it should have been reversed. I think it should have been their original intention, one, three, two, instead of one, two, three. 
But, okay. you know, that's that's just personal preference. I think that, it, you know, you're splitting hairs after a while. Either way is fine. Yeah, I mean, it's it, when you're watching it binging, like we are, actually, we're not even really binging anymore. We're still going once a week, so, but we have the option to binge if we want to. Uh, but we're, for the sake of this podcast, we're still just watching once a week. At least I am. You might be watching ahead. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not watching have, ahead. I have I before, have but twice, I have though. significantly less time to 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 watch yeah. TV these days. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, my first point was basically I wanted to make that comparison to last week just to kick things off because I know we did talk about that a little bit and how and and for the reasons why the producers might have swapped those two episodes and in analysis and analyzing both last week and this week that right there is really the only connection I can find, <clears throat> excuse me, between the two that would maybe make them want to swap those episodes. It would have been nice, you know, to know that polar bears were still on the island <laughs> while Sawyer was in a polar bear cage. It would have made things more interesting. It definitely would have made things more interesting to yeah. know that a polar bear could come back for a treat. A <laughs> fish biscuit. Well, but actually, and see, this is the part that confuses me now that you bring that up. The polar bears are, I don't think they're on the same island. They're on oh, different islands. Yeah, you're right. They're on Hydra Island now. So how did the polar bear get to the other island? They swam, man. They Well, yeah, they can. Bears can swim. They're polar bears. So, I mean, that could be because as far as I, we know, I think the Hydra station is on Hydra Island. I think they're on the other island. I need a map. I can't wait. I already have a map of Westeros and Essos in my office all framed up. <laughs> Got to get me a Dharma map. I um, I saw somebody who uh, shared pictures of, a, of a, a room that they have, like a fan room that they have. And uh, in addition to... Some Dharma logos, they apparently also have some of the uh, seats from the plane. Very in cool. Their, uh, in their, their fan room, which I was extremely jealous on. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. I'd so want, that, that I would want a one. Geronimo Jackson t-shirt. I would do. <laughs> an Apollo bar. <laughs> I think you can get the Apollo bars. I think you can get them online. You could probably get Geronimo to, Jackson online too. <laughs> probably, I'm going to have to look into that a yeah. little bit. So, uh, what about you? What's what's your first one you want to lead off? You want to bring us in with? Um, so before I get into my first thing, I did want to say I thought that it was very interesting that um, Locke's story in this episode started off very much like Jack's story in the pilot episode. Oh, um, being out and stranded in the in the jungle the with the eye, eye the eye yep. being stranded. When when I heard the rustling, I swear to you, I thought Vincent was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, instead it was a naked Desmond. Yes, but I really did think that it was going to be Vincent. I was like, oh, here comes Vincent. Here 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 he comes. Oh nope. Oh hello, naked man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so naked. <laughs> Very naked until he gets a tie dye shirt. Yeah. Um so let's see where do I want to start? There's so there's 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 quite a few directions that we can take here. Um I think that there was a lot of foreshadowing in this episode. What do you think about that? Um 
I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if there was foreshadowing. I, I think there was. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, congruent shadowing. Uh, as in like, if we, because I'm sure we, I know for a fact we're going to talk about Locke's vision at some point. And I didn't, and let me tell you, I watched that vision like four times. I watched that whole scene like four times. And I think I was overanalyzing because I really couldn't come up with anything like so, i think i was watching too deeply well i don't know because when when you look at it right there, there there's a few things that i saw that were kind of happening uh desmond he's taking care of himself right now um you know he that clearly has to do with the fact that he's just trying to maybe maintain and he has his own thing going on with the visions and throwing rocks into the ocean and trying to make sense of what's going on with poor Desmond in his tie-dye shirt. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you take the very obvious first piece of foreshadowing with Desmond telling Hurley that Locke's going to give a speech. Oh, man, I can't wait to talk about that because that's one of my big notes. And that's fine. I, I'm just going to run these down kind of bullet points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, Charlie, um, in the vision, when Boone says, uh, those two will be okay, comma, for a while, that kind of yeah. hints that something something is going to happen with Charlie and Claire. Uh, and anybody that's seen the show knows what is coming for Charlie and Claire and everybody else. Um and then you also have you also have Locke and his his whole flashback I think was a big uh piece of foreshadowing for kind of his journey on the island. You know, people abandon John. His family abandons him. They turn his back on him. It's something that has happened throughout his entire life. His mom, his dad, Helen, and now um this Mike and Jan turn their back on him and, and everybody does it in anger with Jock and uh, with Locke. And then people wonder why, why Locke is so angry, you know? And I think that that's where a lot of Locke's um, insecurities and his um, kind of his walls go up is that he has these like really deep seated abandonment issues that manifest as anger. And, I feel like watching his whole backstory with Eddie and the weed farmer, that 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 is really kind of a parallel to stuff that happens to him on the island. You know, he has this really good situation in the hatch and then somebody comes along like Ben and fucks it all up. He, you know, he thinks he knows what he's doing and he thinks that he's he's found a place and he thinks that you know he's supposed to be where he is in Humboldt and it turns out that he's expendable just like the island he thought that he was going to be you know this guy on the island and it turns out he was expendable um i, I i'm getting ahead of myself and then you have hurley in the vision and hurley is the hurley is the the flight guy he what, what What do you call them not flight like attendant the, the attendant well yeah there's the attendant behind the, the counter the attendant. airline yeah airline counter guy which we know hurley ends up being everybody's guardian of the island and he's the one that's kind of directing people where to go in this vision punching that's, in the numbers 
I didn't see that one. Like I kind of saw the comparisons and everything else that you were mentioning. And I, I kind of saw that for myself before you brought them up. And But that's the one. Hurley was the one I could not figure out. And you just put your finger on it. And that you're right. He's the one that in the end directs everybody where to be and where to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not put that one together. Good, good observation on that one. Oh, thank you so much. Um, you know, and then we have foreshadowing that there's going to be two new characters that die in a pit for no reason. <laughs> oh, God, don't bring them up. <laughs> do we have to talk about them? We no. do. We do have to talk about it. No, we really eventually don't. we do. Nah, we don't. I say, <laughs> I say it's just an addition. It's a, a bonus exclusive to, to, a, to a real episode of television. <laughs> I'm talking about Handmaid's Tale for an hour. Um, let's see. Was there anything we'll else? We'll just sing Never Ending Story for an hour. Oh, okay. Um, oh, and well... We'll talk about that later. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's it for foreshadowing, just like as a bullet point kind of first point. But I did see a lot of foreshadowing for kind of what's to come and what was that is that was it's it's a weird thing to say, like the flashback in the episode was the foreshadow of the specific episode, because I think that in the past, what we've been able to do is link these together, uh, link the flashbacks and what's going on on the island as kind of the lesson that that the character who's having the flashback is learning. But I think in this instance, at least in my point of view, and I'm sure you are, you will disagree, but for me, this was an entire, oh my gosh, you know, this whole experience that I went through in Humble is kind of like an experience of what is to come um, here on the island, especially with the sweat lodge and whether he's a hunter or farmer and how do you make that distinction, blah, blah, blah. So, Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, too. And again, I, I think I'm starting to find and understand a more a bigger brilliance to that to, uh, to that vision that John is having, because as you said, you, you saw a lot of foreshadowing in in that vision and I was seeing a lot of parallel shadowing. And now that you've you've gone through everything that you said about how you saw the foreshadowing. Um, I, the brilliance that I find in that vision is I really think it's both. I think it's foreshadowing and parallel shadowing at the same time. And what I mean by parallel shadowing, parashadowing, em- parashadowing. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, what we're seeing in that vision not only is glimpses of the future of what's to come and what Boone is telling uh, uh, John, but it's also currently what is happening on the island. Right, Claire and Charlie are together with Aaron. Hurley is on his own. Uh, Desmond is on his own. Char- uh, um, Sawyer and Kate are together where they are. And Jack is with Ben. These are the current standings of where everybody is currently on the island or on the islands that they're on. So not only is this foreshadowing, as you mentioned, it's parallel shadowing at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's We're seeing what's happening and what's to come both at the same time in John's vision. And I think that is that's brilliant. Well, the like island, the island knows what it's doing. It does. Uh, and it leads me probably to my next point. I know we're jumping around a lot. That's OK. We're just we're just going with the flow of everything. You know, you mentioned how John is starting to realize with his with this vision as comparable to 
working on the pot farm and and running into Eddie, how he found, you know, a group that accepted him and it only took one person to screw it up and, you know, how he's expendable. I find it interesting, though, that by the end of this episode, when he does, when John actually does give his speech at the end, and I'm curious how you saw this, it seems that John has had a restored faith. And I don't necessarily believe it's the previous faith that he had. I don't necessarily think that it's the faith in that the island is going to do what needs to be done and the island is going to make things right. I think John has been now kind of, he's shaken off that faith and he has now a restored faith in himself in that we're going to go get our friends back. Because I think the old John would have said, the island will bring them back when it's time to bring them back. But yeah. now he's stepping up and saying, no, we're going to go get them. Yeah, I think um, John is taking ownership of his own narrative now. Absolutely. Yeah. So, That's so an you can see point. that you can see that the same way that I did then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can. You know, John John is such an interesting character because he's well, one of my favorites. Yeah. He he's kind of a doomed guy from the beginning. You know, he's just this tragic character. He's used by everybody around him. He is a very good and kind man. Um, he tries very hard to be strong. He tries very hard to be a hunter. But, you know, like Eddie said, you're a farmer. And he can say that he's a hunter, but he is a farmer. And I think that it was this episode that maybe he saw the hunter inside of him. But when it comes right down to it, John is gentle, you know? He really is, yeah. So it, it it's very interesting. There's actually um, a deleted scene for this episode where John goes back to the farm and he sees that the that Eddie has orchestrated a police raid and everybody's been arrested. And John is watching from the woods, uh, staying hidden. And Eddie sees him in the woods and lets John walk away. So... I wonder if they had kept that scene in the episode, if that would have given John's speech about going to get Jack and Sawyer and Kate a little bit more weight to what he intended to do, like he was going to right a previous wrong. Maybe. Um, yeah, I could see that. I can see that for sure. Um, I want to make a quick note uh, when you were talking about the foreshadowing in John's um, John's vision. Mm-hmm. We started. You started talking about the. We all know what happens to uh, Claire and Charlie and, and the rest of the gang, and uh, more specifically, Charlie. I I thought we had until next season to deal with that. No, it I, is. It's this season. I got really sad when I realized it's this season. Oh. Let's have a guest on that episode so that they can we're cry. Gonna- yeah, we're going to have to because we're going to cry together. That is that is an episode of the podcast that not only will I have tissues next to me while I'm watching it, I will have tissues with me as we're talking about it. That was like I'm me. Not gonna I, lie. Yeah, that was like <laughs> me when uh, in season eight of Game of Thrones when um, one of my favorite characters bit it in season eight. And it was like it was so hard for me to even say the character's name. 
I was I was having a really tough time that episode. So I understand how it can be for some people to have to talk yeah, about that, tough moments. That is probably out of all six seasons of this show, that is in my top two toughest moments. Yeah, I think uh, everybody I think everybody has a really tough time with that episode, not Penny's boat. Yeah. Oh God. It's I I made that at one point on uh I it was a while ago, but I made that at one point that screenshot my cover art on Facebook. What is wrong with you? <laughs> that was the response I got from so many people. Everybody was like, why? Why would you do that? That's a cry for <laughs> help, like, I son. Don't know. <laughs> I might have to put it back up just to see how people react again. No, I don't want to do that because it brings back too many memories. Golly, so, not Penny. I know there, there is something wrong with me. I, I'm just going to. I I know. Um, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now in our notes. We finally meet Nikki and Paolo. <laughs> um, and thank God John gave a hell of a speech at the end of that episode to kind of take away from the fact that we are introduced to these two characters who have apparently been on the island the whole time, yet we have never met. And they're really like, like inside, it looks like, you know, like it looks like they're on the inside of things. Well, I thought about this too, and I'm wondering if they, the writers introduced these two characters because they felt that with Jin and Son and Saeed on the boat, Jack, Sawyer, Kate with the others, and the only characters on the beach really being John, Charlie, and Claire, maybe they felt they needed to fill that out a little bit. Um, because we do know that Echo's story is going gonna, is gonna to come to a close relatively soon. Boom. Uh, Des- Desmond is kind of working on his own thing right now. Rose and Bernard are not exactly... Uh, they haven't been set up. They're, they're strong co-starring characters, but they really haven't been set up to be included in this group. They kind of stand off on their own. So maybe the writers felt the need that like to say, like, hey, we might have to introduce one or two new characters just to kind of fill this out. And that's how Nikki and Paolo came in. And then when the feedback was so bad, they just kind of wrote them off. Um, or that was the intention altogether all was to just write them off once they were done with them. Like they were disposable characters. Ugh. But I can kind of see that in that that's that that's one of the reasons why they were introduced is they just needed to fill out that beach crew a little bit. I, I see what you're saying. And, you know, that's. That's probably accurate, but you know, at at, at the same time, that sucks. <laughs> it, really, it really does because they are horrible characters. I don't know if you know this or not, but there's actually another deleted scene from this episode. Oh, uh, I in, do about Nikki and Paolo. About Nikki and Paolo, yep. and I'm so glad it was cut because. I didn't hate them yet at this point. It took a couple episodes for me to be really annoyed and hate these characters. I would have hated them right from the start had this episode been in there or had this scene been in there. And the deleted scene is that when you are first introduced to Nikki and Paolo, they are coming out of Jack's tent having had sex in his tent. Like they are horrible people if that is the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're terrible people. 
They are terrible people. But I mean, this is what happens when you kill off all the red shirts. There's no more red shirts. (laughs) That's true. They needed to add red shirts. I mean, they've killed off everybody. Yeah. This is a savage show. Savage Island. (laughs) Well, because we do know that by the end of this series, uh, everybody, with the exception of the main characters, everybody is a red shirt. Like everybody is disposable. Yeah. And we and we find that out because by the end, not even by the end, I think it's by like season four, the only people left are the characters that we know. I think everybody else is written off. And actually, no, actually, I I might be. Hmm. But where yeah, did they all go? Four. If there's an Oceanic Six, let's talk. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll talk about that later. <clears throat> we're, we're completely yeah. not even in this episode anymore. <laughs> Well, we still are because we're talking about Nikki and Paula who were introduced. So we're we're still kind of there. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to use my next point to kind of get them out of the way because mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about them, unfortunately, for at least the next six weeks, I think, at the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not until episode, what episode is that? It's expose episode 14. Which is when we're we're now we're not going to get them in every episode up until episode fourteen, but there are still at least two or three more episodes. They're going to play a, a relatively large part in the. Yeah, episodes. I mean they're they're in the credits. They've been in the credits, I think, since the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Actually, since episode one, but this yep. is the first time we're meeting them, and it's unfortunate. <laughs> so, I agree, but I'll turn it back over to you. Uh, so this episode, I actually had to check to see who the director was because I got such a Darren Afronowski feel from that vision. And it was just such a like kind of trippy, um, almost discombobulated episode that because I remember that they said that they wanted Darren Afronowski to direct one of the episodes in the past and they mm-hmm. and they couldn't get it to happen and so i said oh i wonder if this is an episode that they gave him and it ended up not being him but um the feel of this episode was quite different from the rest of the series wouldn't wouldn't you agree with that yeah uh, it, it, i think in more in particular the vision um which i want to say you know going into that too you know um Terry O'Quinn didn't have many lines in the first half of this episode. It's not until after the uh, the sweat lodge and the vision that he actually finally starts to speak. But that's not to say he wasn't Terry O'Quinn wasn't speaking. Uh, he wasn't speaking vocally. I I want to praise Terry O'Quinn on his acting in this episode mm. because even though he didn't have any lines of dialogue until after the sweat lodge, he man he was speaking volumes in his acting. This is a phenomenal acting job by Terry O'Quinn in this episode. Well, he's a phenomenal actor. He, Oh, he absolutely is. But I mean, just in the vision alone, when he's being pushed in the wheelchair by Boone, like he's so expressive in trying to point, you know, in and in his in his reactions to what he's seeing. It's so well done. Yeah. And, you know, what I love about about John Locke in this episode is the fact that he feels like he needs to help everybody before he can help himself. Um, 
you know, he's being wheeled around and he's frantically gesturing everywhere. You know, no, 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 you don't need to worry about them. Saeed's got that. No, 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 they're they're not even around here anymore. You know, don't don't worry about Jack and, and them. And, you know, oh, Char- Charlie and Claire are just fine, you know, for a while, but they're just fine. Like, stop panicking. You need to clean up your own mess because it was like John couldn't focus enough to figure out that he had to find Echo, that he blew up this hatch and now he has to he has to own what has happened to him and what he has done to other people as a result of his lack of faith. And and I think that that's just wonderful that he couldn't speak and he had he had to go on this little like mind trip journey in order for him to kind of like refocus himself and realize that that it was time for John Locke to take responsibility because he he has had a habit of of blaming other people for everything that's ever happened to him. And it was nice to see somebody forcing John to take responsibility for his own mistakes and his own actions. Yeah, I I agree with that completely. And I know, I think the vision is more, uh, it's very, I mean, to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong or you think differently, it's, it's the island telling him to take that responsibility. It's yeah. Not oh, Boone. yeah, yeah. The island simply just took the form of Boone because that was something from John's past that he that was significant. Very strongly. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very obviously like this is the island. And it's it's very interesting when you approach it from that point of view, too, in that, you know, John was the one that always relied on the island and had faith in the island to do what it was supposed to do. And now this is the one time the island has and is speaking back to John and saying, like, no, you need to take care of this. Don't rely on me. Well, and, you know, John has been waiting for the island to speak to him for a while and he couldn't understand like he felt like he had been forsaken. He felt like he had been, you know, left behind and the island finally had to, you know, pop up and be like, no, man, I'm here. I'm watching you fuck everything up. You know, just try and recenter yourself a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Do you think it was the island speaking to John too through Echo? Yes. Okay. Okay. So we're in agreement on that. Yes. Okay. Because I mean, how would Echo know to tell John you have to save them? Like Echo wouldn't know that something had happened. No, 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 no. Yeah. They, they used, they used Echo's body or whatever. Yeah. Because Charlie came right back. He goes, oh, Echo's awake. And Charlie's like, really? (laughs) Do you think that was Echo awakened by the island or do you think that was another vision? Yeah, it could have been another vision. That's a good point. I, You know, I questioned whether it was a vision or if it was him actually, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, possessed uh, by the island in that yeah. moment. I think and it could I think be it taken could either way. Either way. I was just about to say yeah. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. That's okay. It's just we're on the same page, which is nice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so what did you think about that bear hunt? Okay, I'm confused by one thing. There were definitely some very interesting things that came out of that. The the toy truck in the cave. Uh, That was dark. (laughs) Yeah. Can we just just say that? Can, Can we all just agree that was dark? Well, but here's my question. Because 
I'm very curious because not only is there a toy truck in there, but there's obviously a very old and tattered Dharma uniform in there as well. Mm -hmm. So do we think that this is, were these people in there victims of the polar bear or were these people, people who died in this cave having escaped the purge, the the so-called purge that happened when Ben was younger? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And I don't think that we ever get an answer to that. Yeah, I don't think so. I would like to think that they died in the cave escaping the purge. Then a child was ripped apart by a polar bear in the cave. So (laughs) I'm going to go with choice B for my own personal sanity and heart. And, and I agree with you. I think because of that, the the age of the uniform, uh, I think there's a chance maybe the polar bear, they could have, I don't know, maybe just, I was going to say picked his teeth with the bones, but that's not appropriate. And I don't think a polar bear can do that. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, it's the I, island, man. Anything can happen. I, I would like to. I would like to think that the the less dark of the two options would be <laughs> that they escaped the purge and they were hiding out in the cave and they just maybe happened to starve. You know, and and that's you why know they died. that's that that's just as dark. That's just a slow, horrible death instead of a quick, horrible death. Yeah, I, but it's it makes me curious though to keep an eye out in the future when we get to next season to see if that toy truck pops up anywhere else. Oh, yeah, to okay. Me, like an Easter connect, egg. Yeah, to maybe connect who that might possibly be in that cave. What if like it's maybe there's a Maybe there's a... God, dun, dun, how would that dun, be possible? Exactly. <laughs> but maybe like somewhere in the background of a scene, there is a child playing with a toy truck. You know, just to see if maybe the writers threw it in there for the sake of an Easter egg. It's something to keep an eye out on. Yeah, I will be on Toy Truck Watch. <laughs> but what about you? Like, how did you? Oh, and, and that that led me to the question that I had too. I'm sorry. Um, how did John know it was polar bears that took Echo? Because polar bear jumped out at him. Yeah, but at the end of his vision, he... did it? How did I miss? That's that? how he jumped out of the 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 tent. It was like he woke up from his vision and then a polar bear went rawr, like right, right in front of him. And then uh, he fell How out the of the tent did I miss that and twice? he started talking. How the hell did I miss that twice? All I, right. I didn't miss it because I jumped out of my skin. Because <laughs> well, like, answer- like I told you, I forgot about this episode. (laughs) Maybe I was just like, if it happens very fast, maybe I just happened to turn my head both times it happened. Maybe. Because I know, I know Boone is bloody standing at the top and says you, because like he, they took him. And then the next thing I know, John's falling out of the tent. Maybe I just happened to glance away both times and completely missed the polar bear. Yeah, it happens right at the end. It's very quick, but that's when yeah. he knew it was a polar bear. And then he found the polar bear uh, fur along the way to kind of reiterate that or confirm it. Oh, well, that answers my question. Okay, fair enough. But what did, what did you think of the whole polar bear hunt? Um, I loved it. I loved it only because, you know, taking Charlie while Charlie was kind of addicted to John the whole way, he provided some really needed comic relief. 
You know, I'm glad you brought that up because there is one scene that made me. There's one line in particular that made me laugh. Tell me. Well, no, I don't want to step on you. No, if I want to hear it. it. Uh, the hairspray comment. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> when John pulls out, and what what I really loved about that scene is. You know, when John pulls out the hairspray and, um, you know, Charlie says to John, like, uh, you know, contrary to belief, you know, pointing out the fact that John is bald. uh, Not only is that like a quick little quip of Charlie of old, by the way, I love the fact that we're getting the return of Charlie that we love Mm -hmm. and the dark Charlie is kind of going away. But you can see there's a smirk of enjoyment on Locke's face as well. (laughs) Like he's starting to lighten up a little bit. So when Charlie makes that quip, that sarcastic quip with a straight face, John kind of gives him that little, "Eh, that was funny, smirk. And then the camera cuts back to Charlie and Charlie's smiling. So it's a nice little intimate humorous moment between the two of them that really adds a little bit of levity to that scene. And I love it. Well, they're both stronger. and And I think that this, that little, you know, exchange kind of proves that, you know, John comes out of the tent and he knows what he has to do. John Locke, without something to do or without direction, rather, that is not that that that's weak John Locke. You know, he he's weakened. He's easily manipulated. He's kind of lost. Uh, but if he has a mission, if he knows what he's supposed to do, if if his parameters are clear, he's smart. He can relax. He can enjoy the moment while staying focused. That's that's vintage John Locke. And Charlie, Charlie's strong because a he's sober. He's got um, Claire and Aaron back, and you know he do- he's not being chased by a polar bear. He's not being taken by others on a dock. He's not. He doesn't have a you know, he he's not being blamed for, you know, his horrible attack on Sun. He's just kind of plodding along, waiting for Echo to come back to finish the church, whatever, who cares, you know? He just doesn't <laughs> care. Um, and in the, and in the meantime, Charlie he's is just, nice. Yeah, and in the meantime, you know, he's he's spending time with Claire and just enjoying life. And they're being and, a family. And I love it. Mm-hmm. For now. Hey, man. <laughs> live in the moment. Be like Charlie. Yeah. Be like Charlie. Be like Charlie. Live in the moment. <laughs> so, you know, and then and then when he when he threw the knife, when John throws a knife and you hear, ah, oh! <laughs> I thought to myself, Oh, I wonder who that is. Cause apparent because apparently I've I've I I really I cannot believe I didn't know what was gonna happen next the entire episode. It was a very strange <laughs> phenomenon for me. And it ended up being Hurley. It's like Dude, and I'm like, oh, Hurley, you were never gonna die, anyways, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's funny because I, when I heard that, I had completely forgotten that it happened too. But the moment I heard the scream, I knew it was Hurley <laughs> because he just he just has a recognizable tone to his voice. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of knew it was Hurley at that time. <laughs> I love it when they told him when they told him to go back to to the island and go tell the others about Jack and Kate. And then Charlie's like, hey, watch out for the polar bear, though. And and Hurley's just like, he's just walking around the jungle the way I walk around my backyard during Copperhead season. Like, he's just kind of like walking around going, okay, I'm here. I really would like to not be eaten right now. (laughs) 
thanks. <laughs> and then Desmond, make it Desmond shows up and every, and then all of a sudden like, what, polar bear? No, there's a naked guy with his ding dong flinging around right now and he doesn't seem to care. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Naked guy with his his ding dong flying around. (laughs) There's an image I didn't need. Thank you very much. You don't need the image. That's what happened. And you know what's funny, too, is uh, Henry Ian Cusack is going to be at uh, Rhode Island Comic Con in November. And I'm actually... Uh, trying to talk to Rhode Island Comic Con about possibly moderating panels up there. And I want to request that one. And now that's going to make that panel, if I get it, even stranger. <laughs> that's on my birthday. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then if I end up going, you should come. Oh, no. My birthday is always spent with my family, but thanks. Oh, well, there you go. Well, Henry Ian Kuzik can be part of your family for the weekend. Oh, wouldn't that be great? I'd want to talk to him about the 100 too. So, oh, okay. He's fantastic. Anyway, we got off 100. Yeah, we. Well, no, we're still talking about. We're still talking about Desmond. We got away from the naked man with a flopping ding dong. Well, it was, and and the whole time he's (laughs) and then and then uh, Hurley's like it's tie dye. I hope that's okay. I'm like, dude, he's he's naked in the jungle. He's probably if you sewed together a couple of banana leaves, he'd be fine with that. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. But that but that makes me realize too. Like he's wearing a tie-dye shirt. Hurley didn't give him any pants. Uh he's bakes when he's on the beach throwing rocks, he's basically porky pig in it. Yeah, oh yeah, he's flinging around. <laughs> flinging dong around <laughs> on the beach. Throwing a rock, flinging a rock, throwing a rock, flinging a rock. He's doing a good job. Flinging rocks and dong. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's so bad. Well, you know, he eventually gets close. <laughs> he does. He does. He's so, working some stuff out right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's working on some things. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the, what about you? You have anything else? I don't have much else because we've touched on have, a lot of stuff that I've already that together. Like your points were my points. Yeah, I, I really only have one final note, um, and it is on the note of Desmond and Hurley. And we're, we're getting, you know, and this unfortunately kind of ties in a little bit to, you know, the whole Not Penny's Boat that we mentioned in that we're getting glimpses of Desmond the precog. Uh, you know, we get that whole scene with him and Hurley when he talks about how John said in his speech he's going to save everybody. And, you know, Hurley looks at him like, what speech? He just mentioned going to a cave. And Desmond's like, oh, yeah. And then John makes the speech. And Hurley kind of gets that, hey, like, okay, I, I just got a little deja vu because he already knew the speech was coming thanks to Desmond. He had the uh, the double rainbow reaction. <laughs> what does this mean? Yeah. So we're, we're getting a little uh, precognition from Desmond, uh, which is going to play very heavily into a lot of the future of this this season. Because there are, I mean, it, it's still one of the most, we talk about those those lines that come from this series that are very memorable, you know. You're going to die, uh, Charlie. <laughs> that one? Excuse me. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I was getting to it. Uh, and, but, I yeah, know, but I, I, couldn't, know, we, I couldn't wait. 
No, it's fine. <laughs> but you know, yeah, you know, the whole we're not the only people on this island and we all know it. Uh, you know, if we don't live together, we're going to die alone. And there's no matter what I try and do, you're going to die, Charlie. Mm-hmm. And that comes from Desmond because of this precognition that he does. Because there is literally an episode where Desmond stops Charlie from dying four or five times. Yeah, he you know, does. He keeps saving episode. his life. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the whole that's where the whole line comes from that no matter what I try and do, you're gonna die. So yeah, this this whole precognition that Desmond has developed because of the hatch and I think a lot of it plays into we do know that there's a lot of time elements that come into play a little bit later. And we do find out that that's sort of what's happening to Desmond. He's kind of his own mind is stuck in a time loop a little bit. How come nothing happened to Charlie? Charlie got out of the hatch. Yeah, but how far could he have really gotten out of the hatch before that thing imploded? He was the only other one that was that was, you know, close enough that he could have been affected. Well, wasn't his hearing a little shaken in the finale of last season as he's wandering back to the beach? Yeah. I think I think he was deafened a little bit and it just kind of came back. So he wasn't completely unscathed from it. Um, the only people who seemed to be really genuinely affected were the people that were in it. Yeah, man. I, I'm just, you know, it's, it's just, I, I don't know. They they should have given no, Charlie I'm, like music writing abilities or something like that. Like <laughs> <laughs> it would have been wasted. No, he, he could have written a, a whole bunch of songs, and they could have found a Dharma station with recording equipment, and then Charlie or then Claire would like play it for Aaron when she missed him. And so instead of writing the message on his hand, he would have sang it to Desmond. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <Dumb>, fine. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, that's that's really that that's really all I have uh, as far as notes for this season. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any. Or this episode, else. rather. I'm good. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, let's get into some listener feedback then, and. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, we do have quite a bit of feedback this week uh, in that more than usual. We have uh, two emails and two voicemails to go through. Let's um, let's hit the uh, the emails first. OK. And um, I'll kick things off. OK. This time uh, we have a voicemail from our friend Leda, who we we wrote the uh, who wrote us that wonderful show feedback in the beginning, too. Uh, and she says, hey. Wait, didn't Mr. Echo leave the hatch with Charlie? He went back to get him, right? And she's correct. Uh, Echo went back in to get John. Uh, Subliminal message, Desmond, wearing a tie-dye shirt, mentioned that Locke gave a speech, time travel foreshadowing, right? Absolutely, we just talked about that. And Or am I like you, Ben, who thinks we read too much into the show, or maybe it's just a moo point? Nope, it's definitely foreshadowing. It's like a cow's opinion. Uh, It's moo. (laughs) Doesn't matter. (laughs) that. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, anyway, Nikki and Paolo, I see you. It's a no Jack episode. Oh, well, I'm sure he is being the worst wherever he is. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad that that's, that that's a thing. <laughs> I do, too. I love it. Uh, but thanks, Leda, for the uh, for the email. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll turn it over to you for our next one. Yep. We have another email from Des Combs. 
Hey guys, I love this episode. I'm sure that the two of you have analyzed the heck out of John's sweat lodge fun time vision, so I'll just skip that. <laughs> I am full of questions tonight. How is Echo Knob dead? The hatch, the hatch blew up and a polar bear drags his bloody beat up body to his cave. Where have Nikki and Paolo been all this time? And why are they so familiar with Hurley when we've never seen them together before this? This is kind of mean, but doesn't Kim, the marijuana queen pin, look just like John's dad? <laughs> where can I find Thanks, the, where can I find the whole Geronimo Jackson album? I can only listen to the Dharma to Dharma Lady over again so many times. Why is Des running naked through the jungle? He doesn't look to he doesn't look too physically damaged. He's already unhinged mentally in time. Maybe he blipped through time out of the hatch and they're just using Terminator rules when they have to go naked. Where they have to go naked. Yeah. When am I ever going to get past the seventh question on HQ? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Peace out. Des, you're doing a lot better than me right now. I can't get past question four on HQ these days. Oh, I just love the fact that he threw that question in there because I'm right there with him. <laughs> HQ. Am I gonna give Yes, when am I gonna get past the seventh question on HQ? <laughs> it's like the seventh for those of you of hell. For those of you that are unaware, HQ is a online or is a mobile app uh that is a live trivia game that uh I play, you play, Des plays along with us. Uh our friends Jill Some Nathan, oh, yeah, a whole bunch of our friends. Yeah. A whole bunch of us play this live trivia game every night, uh, and it's at nine o'clock Eastern time. It's you can just go into your the the mobile store and just type HQ. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but Des makes a good point: is that we very rarely get past like questions like five, six, and seven of a so, twenty-six question quiz. Well, it's not twenty-six anymore. Now I think it's back to sixteen. Whatever. It's hard. Yeah. Anyway, HQ, not a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but please, if and, you want to uh, be. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Geronimo Jackson album, I think they only ever did one song. I think that was, they did that intentionally for the show. Bummer. Because it is a made up band for the show. Um. Yeah, does, does running naked through the jungle, I mean, I guess, you know, the electromagnetic energy burns clothes and not flesh. Well, you know, Des made a good point in that, you know, I, I think he said it jokingly about like maybe he blipped through time out of the hatch and it's kind of Terminator rules. We do know that time plays a part in that like electromagnetism of the of the island. There might be an element of truth to that. Mm -hmm. Maybe he kind and that's why his brain is the way it is right now. Maybe he did kind of instantaneously for a split second blip in and out of time when the electromagnetism de detonated. Because, you know, you figure otherwise he was at the core of an implosion. How the hell else would he have survived it? So, you know, it might be, might have been a joke, Bundes, but I think there could have been some truth to yeah, that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Blip through, like, maybe he blipped through all sorts of different times. All at once. Yeah. Like the Matrix. Yeah which is coming back. I know I saw that. I'm so excited. It's weird how <laughs> excited I am, but I'm real excited about that. I'm more excited the fact that Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss are attached. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited That's for all of excited. it. I just can't. I, look, can't wait. I mean, I'd love to see how they're going to do this, but you know. Me too. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm very curious how they're going to do this. But I don't care. Just bring it back, please. Bring back Kung Fu Neo <laughs> hundred times over. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Um, <laughs> see, your mind goes to show me. My mind goes to, for the last time, no, you don't, which was a Celebrity Jeopardy sketch on SNL. Oh, where, where they introduce Keanu Reeves. Uh, I forget who's doing the impression of Keanu. Somebody was doing the impression of Keanu. And uh, Will Ferrell, as Alex Trebek introduces him, and his response is, I know Kung Fu. And Will Ferrell is Alex Trebek's like, for the last time, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it's hysterical. Uh, so your mind goes to the movie. My mind goes to the SNL sketch. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, we have two pieces of voicemail to play as well. Uh, one of them from our friend Steve Brown and the other one from our friend Gemma. So uh, which one do you want to hear first, Steve or Gemma? Don't care. Surprise me. Uh, all right. Let's play this one. Oh, wait, that's not it. <laughs> that's the wrong one. That's not it. Sorry. Never ending story. That was a little inside joke. We had to throw that in the podcast somewhere. Yes. Uh, let's go with Steve Brown. <laughs> let's, let's get back to serious. <laughs> and here is our voicemail from my buddy, Steve Brown. Hello, Ben and Kristen. It's Steve. And this is for further instructions. And uh, just a few quick notes. Not a lot. Uh, I mean, there's a lot in this episode. I'm sure you guys are going to talk about a lot of it. Um, I didn't realize until this episode that Kylie Sanchez and uh, Rodrigo Santoro's names have been added to the cast list. Um, I don't know if that's just an inside joke uh, from the writers, you know, because people had always talked about the background people and we never got to see them. Uh, Love the Altered States reference from Charlie about Locke devolving into a monkey. And uh, I, I'm sure you're going to discuss John's vision uh, probably in depth. You probably have already gone gone into it, so I can't wait to hear your your guys' analysis of all the different scenes he saw. You know, saying Saeed had that situation in hand, and uh, that Desmond was helping himself, and all that. So I uh, thought that was great. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. Well, a short and sweet one from Steve. Yeah, well, you know, he's a very busy voicemail guy. <laughs> he's got a lot of feedback for a lot of podcasts, you know? And he does, but you know what? That's one of the things we love about him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's a wonderful you supporter. Know, I love yeah, him. Miss you, buddy. which is great. Yeah, but thanks, Steve, obviously, for the, uh, for the voicemail. And, man, I, I don't know why everybody assumes we were going to cover John Locke's vision. I mean. I feel like know, we didn't cover did it enough that? now. I, I do too, actually. <laughs> Everybody's like, everybody was anticipating like us analyzing the hell out of that vision. And I feel like well, maybe we didn't do that. We kind of have to go back. Uh, but yeah, one more voicemail. <laughs> have to go back. <laughs> no pun intended. I didn't even realize what I said until after I said sure, it. Sure, sure. Uh, one more voicemail. And that is from our friend Gemma. Hi, Ben and Kristen. This is Gemma calling from South Wales about feedback for last season three, episode three. I'm sorry I missed last week's episode. Life kind of catches up sometimes, even with the kids running around screaming and stuff. <laughs> Things are busy. Anyway, I did manage to watch this week's episode, and it's one I've forgotten about. It's a <laughs> weird one with Locke 
needs to speak to the island after he loses his voice. And he goes in some kind of uh, smoke tent and I don't know whether she um, hallucinates Boone or whether Boone is an actual representation of either Jacob or the smoke monster, but maybe Jacob. I kind of lean in that direction mm. because he wants um, Locke to help Mr. Echo, who's been... Um, kidnapped by polar bears <laughs> taken in the cave so um, there's that and then it kind of goes back to Locke's um, time that he spent I'm assuming this is after Helen and the events of um, well just before he gets uh, thrown out of a window by his dad obviously but in between the time where Helen has finished with him and then he gets thrown out of a window there's that he joins the commune kind of on a marijuana farm and this boy that he kind of takes under his wing is kind of the same things that he did with Boone and Charlie in a way on the island he's kind of had these relationships with um younger boys young men that he kind of takes on a father figure role to but then this Eddie guy ends up betraying him and he gets kicked out of the commune, which he feels is like a family for him. There's something he wants. I think this goes further on, comes back to the island, and when he wants to be part of the others and their leader, because he wants to feel like he's got this family, you know, that he never had um, growing up. And, he, you know, his place is very much for Locke on the island, or, you know, being part of a community, which, you know, he feels like he, he should have been with all along. But yeah, this um, it's, it's one of those strange episodes. I think I remember going back and at the time watching it and thinking, oh, this is taken away from the action where I wanted things to be, you know. I want to be back with Sawyer and Kate and, and Jack and kind of finding out what's happening. And this kind of takes you away from that in, in a weird way, hmm. I felt, I think, at the time. And even watching it now, it's, it's okay now because I can go straight on to episode four which is every man for himself is like one of my favorite episodes but at the time you're kind of miffed because it's taking you away from that action and you see a little bit of nikki and paolo come running up the beach and you're like who the hell are these two <laughs> and then um you know the only interesting bit as well is um desmond's um he kind of says about Locke's speech to everybody to hurley before it's even happened and um, so that's, you know, the start of a chain of events of things there. Okay, so that's my feedback. Sorry for the ramble. But, um, yeah, and I'll see you soon. Bye. 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 <laughs> Never apologize for a ramble. Ramble away. A ramble away. is always good stuff. Um, you know what? She brings up two very interesting points, though, in, in her feedback. In that one, I never considered the fact that it could have been Jacob. Uh, taking the form of Boone rather than the island itself because mm -hmm. that would make sense as well and one of the things we never really analyzed or even thought about is, is she's right where in Locke's timeline does this whole marijuana farm take place oh yeah I had the same thoughts but I thought maybe it was um <clears throat> after Helen I would think that would probably be the best fit because, you know, he's kind of a broken person after that. And these people are the ones that kind of take him in and heal him a little bit. Well, because he, he said he talked about his anger and how he wasn't angry anymore. And that was a big problem with Helen. 
um, was Locke's anger. And, you know, we do weird things after we break up with people that we love. You know, we dye our hair, we shave our heads, we, you know, either lose weight or gain weight. Some people go on a big trip. Some people, you know, go off the rails. Some people go back to school. You either better yourself or you worse yourself after a big breakup. And I can see that this would be maybe a natural path after a big breakup is to go on, especially since he was the whole reason that he was in Australia was because he was going on his walkabout, you know, yeah. like he was trying to better himself, even though he had this situation, he wanted to prove that he could, that he could be capable and self-sufficient. And maybe he wanted to prove after Helen that he could be um, gentle and he, he didn't have to be angry and, and that, that was kind of his quest. So, you know, John has a lot of quests. It, I feel like he spends his entire existence looking for something and i and i don't know that he ever finds it no i don't think he does because even when uh, um you know and this is a little bit of a big spoiler but you know even when we get kind of a john locke who is m even more confident and knows where his goal is uh it's after john locke has been replaced per se so it's not really john it's not. Right. I mean, the the John that we know now, um, yeah, I don't think ever finds what he's looking for, mm -hmm. which is rather unfortunate when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, he really is a tragic hero in in every sense of the word. His he, he yeah. he's a tragic character at the very least, if he's not a tragic hero. But absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, but thank you, everybody, for the, the wonderful feedback. And we encourage the feedback to keep on coming uh, every episode. If you have something you want to say about uh, the next episode we're going to be covering, which is episode four, Every Man for Himself, uh, which we return back to Hydra Island and see more of what's, uh, what's going on with uh, Sawyer and Kate. Yeah, that's a Sawyer backstory. Yes, it is. Yay. So, uh, so uh, if you want to leave us feedback, which we encourage you to do so, there are multiple ways that you can do so. First and foremost, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are kind of on Instagram at lost revisited pod. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you we've been using kind of for the last two weeks. We got to get that fixed. Well, yeah. Uh, you can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave us a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address, much like Gemma and Steve do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, you want to leave us feedback, um, you know, even if you comment on a post as well on the feedback page, that's another way that you can leave us feedback, which we'll get to. But uh, I think that's just about going to wrap it up for this episode. Anything going on that you want to talk about before we we wrap things up or i know we've been given recommendations for different things now at the end anything you want to recommend yeah well, i just finished handmaid's tale um season three if you haven't seen it and you watch the show i highly and you know i don't know what it is but it was same thing with stranger things the finale of um, Handmaid's Tale and the finale of Stranger Things. These are two of the best episodes of television I think I've ever seen. And I don't know. <laughs> and Sorry. I don't know if it's because Game of Thrones sucked so bad that my bar has been set very low these days or that 
just exceptional television is being made right now. But the the season finale of Handmaid's Tale, wow. If I was still podcasting on that episode, I would just love, that's an episode I'd love to break down. It was phenomenal, phenomenal episode. Just every high, every low, every intense moment. I didn't breathe at some points. It, it was it was incredible. So I I highly recommend Handmaid's Tale. I you know if you haven't seen the show, I highly recommend it. The first two seasons are some of the most oppressive and horrible situations that you can that you can think of. But the third season is a breath. It's 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 um, and it's not any less intense at all. But it, there there is breathing room in season three, and it makes it so that I can look back on season one and two and be like, okay, there is a point to all of this. There is a direction, and that direction has not been resolved. Uh, don't don't get me wrong, but it it's it, phenomenal, just phenomenal. And, and and the the finale was, oh my gosh. I've never watched the show, so maybe it's something I'll add to my list at some point. I don't know. Yeah, make sure you have a lot of something else to watch in between. Yeah, that's what I've heard from you and, and multiple other people, yeah. too, is you, you kind of need palate cleansers in between mm -hmm. every episode or two. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of palate cleansers, I'm just going to, there is a show that you have been trying to get me to watch for the longest time. <laughs> uh, you've even mentioned it on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I finally started watching, and I'm officially hooked. I told you. Uh, and that is New Girl. I am already through season one. I haven't started season two yet, but I plan to today. Yeah, it's it's a hilarious, right? Like, you have to almost pause the show so that you can finish laughing because you don't want to miss a line. The show, no lie, at, at least once in every episode has had me laughing out loud. Yes, yeah. There are, I mean, and there are some episodes that it has been nonstop laughing the entire time. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to mention one episode in particular and if, because it's back in season one. So I don't know if you remember it or not, but there was an episode where Winston uh, tried wearing an earring and every time, <laughs> yeah. every time he came into the scene, it was a different kind of earring. <laughs> uh, one time it was even a feather. And just Nick asking him, like, where's the rum? Like, because of your pirate look. Like, I was, I was hysterical laugh. Like, one time it's a hoop earring. Like, come on. Like, that is utterly ridiculous. It gets better and better and better. And uh, I'm going to play True American one day. I don't know when, but I'm going to play True American one day. That's <laughs> it's, happening. It's, that is, you got to find the rules to True American. There is a website. Oh, is there really? Yes, sir. All right. Next time we're together, we're gonna have to play True American. Yeah. Because, <laughs> but yeah, I'm so I'm I'm I wish it didn't take me as long to start it because now I'm like I'm absolutely hooked on the show because it is is it is hysterical. <laughs> cool. And I love it. Uh, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of I Have to Go Back. Uh, next week, as we mentioned, uh, episode four, Every Man for Himself. Sawyer. But, uh, yeah. Sawyer. <laughs> Thank you for that. That brought that back Sawyer. in my mind. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but thank you as always for listening uh, again. Thank you for making last week the most popular and listened to episode on the across the entire Next Level podcast. Yes, record. thank you. Uh, hopefully, we keep those ratings up and we get even bigger and more successful as it starts. It sometimes it takes podcasts a little time to catch on, but yeah. you know, hopefully, we're at that point now. We already had a great listenership before, but it just boosted suddenly last week. And we did get we're a, so thankful for that. We did get a really nice. Uh, we did get a. An- specific new listener that i want to say hello to that's our friend rachel rachel hello we love you thank you for listening she finally caught up and she is now watching along with us yes Uh, there's been a number of people who have messaged and saying uh you know i'm finally caught up and now they're listening so it's it's fun when that happens yeah so and but you know thank you again for that thank you for commenting for liking the facebook page everything that you guys do uh but until next episode We'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye-bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back.